We're going to be jumping into another book, uh, into another chapter today. Uh, We'll be climbing into Luke 17. That's kind of the next place in the narrative following the harmony of the Gospels that we've been following uh, while we've been studying uh, lessons from the life of Christ. Uh, So we're going to be picking up in Luke uh, Luke 17. If I said Luke 11, I'm sorry. Luke 17, verse 11 is where we're going to be picking up this morning. Uh, as we get there, though, I, I want to just talk a little bit about weather. Uh, weather for the weekend really is what I want to uh, uh, talk with you about. It is supposed to be on Saturday. Very, very, very cold. Uh, sub-zero temperatures on Saturday. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you with some practical things that you might consider doing. Uh, I know most of us, many of us with fuel prices, maybe have our thermostats turned down. 
I want to encourage you on Friday, uh, as the temperatures begin to drop, uh, get your house warmed up. Uh, maybe Thursday night into Friday, uh, run your temperature a little bit higher, uh, maybe up into 70, 72, uh, something like that. You say, I can't afford that. It's just for one day, folks, just, just one day or a few days of doing this. And the reason is uh, that the temperature Friday night is supposed to plummet to minus 18 degrees. And uh, then on Saturday, it's supposed to be down in sub-zero again. Uh, so I just want to encourage you in a very practical way here, at least here in Maine, if you're living elsewhere, it might not be the same uh, situation for you. But here in Maine, that is what we're calling for uh, this coming weekend. Interestingly, Sunday jumps back up into the 30s. And then by the middle of the week, we're back up in the 40s here. But to prevent your house from freezing, uh, maybe even consider uh, letting your water run just a little bit. Uh, if I can maybe encourage you to consider leaving the cabinet doors where you have water uh, open um, uh, so the heat can get in there so that you don't have any freeze-ups. It's better to maybe uh, run things a little warm uh, for that period of time, heat the house up a little bit prior to getting into the sub-zero temperatures, uh, better to have those doors open uh, and uh, not have a frozen broken pipe than to have a big mess that's going to cost you a whole lot more in the long run. So just some some uh, advice I'm giving to you free of charge uh, to keep you from having uh, problems and issues uh, with, with the heat in your house uh, uh, on the weekend. So uh, anyway, let me get us into, huh, let me get us, I have to, I just realized I've got to fix something here, but we're going to get into Luke chapter 17 here in just one moment. I've been having these uh, little, there we go. Let me take us into Luke chapter 17. And here we are, Luke 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Remember, the Jews didn't often go. In fact, they tried to stay away from Samaria, but we have learned that that wasn't Jesus' a protocol at all. He would sometimes go right through Samaria. Now, at this point in time, he was doing like some of the Jews would do and, and go along the border. Some would even go further away than that and take the bypass route and, and, and just want to not even be accused of having anything to do with Samaria. But Jesus modeled for his disciples that they, that he, and that they would... Um, be for all people, including the Samaritans. Uh, they, he wouldn't just be for the Jews. The gospel would be for all people. And so in the sense of, of all lives matter, in that sense, all ethnicities. Now, the Jewish people said, no, our lives, we're, we're the people of God. But God's message, God's uh, ministry uh, 
Christ's work on the cross would be for all. So Jesus, even being near Samaria, remember back in John chapter 4, Jesus went into Samaria, and then he went even further and ministered to a woman at a well. And not only was she a woman, she was a, a maybe a, considered a, an unsavory sort of women, uh, not women, woman, uh, because of her lifestyle. Nonetheless, Jesus ministered to her, and lesson out of that for us that we're we're called to minister to people, uh, all all ethnicities, uh, all genders. Really, you know, biologically, you know what I think about that. There are two. Uh, but but it doesn't matter if somebody someone is identifying identifying as something different then we're still called to minister to them and uh, the gospel for all uh, we would sometimes rather stay away from those types of people well those types of people you were those types of people perhaps in your past, maybe your past, like my past, is a sordid past, uh, and Christ ministered to me. Christ drew me. Christ saved me. Uh, Christ rescued me, and he wants to do that for those people, putting that in quotes that, that we think are so unsavory. So just that little bit out of verse 11, Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. There was a little elapsed time between this verse and the end of John 11, where we were the last few days. And that elapsed time really had to do with Jesus going off to an area uh, with his disciples where he would continue teaching, but he he could not for a, a short season be uh, in the midst of the public because uh, the religious leaders so wanted to kill him. So he is coming from uh, another area uh, beyond the scope uh, of uh, the heart of, of Jewish activity, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. Verse 12 says this, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, leprosy, what is leprosy? A leprosy is really a flesh-eating disease. Leprosy is the type of disease that, that can cause your, 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 your limbs, if you will, to actually... Uh, be eaten away so that your fingers are eaten away or your flesh has open wounds on it. Uh, it is the type of disease that was contagious. Uh, it was the type of disease that people ran away from. It was the type of disease that uh, uh, left people being outcasts. And so here we see them calling out to Jesus. Now, why would they be calling out to Jesus? Verse 13 says, they called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They had heard about what Jesus could do uh, from other people. News of Jesus' miraculous abilities had spread. Perhaps they had even, from a distance, uh, been witness uh, to the things that Jesus had done. They knew of his power. Now, it's interesting. They're not, they don't say, heal us. 
they say, have pity on us. Their belief is that, that they're not worthy, perhaps, of, uh, of the healing touch of the master, and so they call out for pity. Uh, and Jesus answers them in this next verse. When he, when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, let's just go back and rehearse for a moment. How many came to Jesus? The text tells us there were 10. How many come back to Jesus? Verse 15 says, only one of them when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, a few things here. Verse 14 says, when he saw him, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. It does not say that in that instant they, that he healed him. He healed them. But what it does say to us is that as they went, they were cleansed. They may have been disappointed. They may have thought we expected something different. They may have thought we wanted this to happen in a different way. We thought it would be like, voila, and here we are, and we're all healed standing in the presence of Jesus. But Jesus gave them instructions that they were to go show themselves to the priests. Sometimes the ways that God works in our lives isn't immediately. Sometimes he gives us instructions that we're supposed to go do something. In this instance, we see that they were to go show themselves to the priest. That was the protocol. Now, <clears throat> to go show themselves to the priest, they would go show themselves to the priest on two occasions. On one occasion, they would show themselves to the priest, and in that occasion, they wouldn't be touched by the priest, but the priest would, would pronounce them as unclean, uh, and they would be banished out into the leper colonies. On the second occasion they would come to the priest, it would be to show the priest that they were cleansed, that they were healed, that they no longer had leprosy, and they would be pronounced cleansed and clean and uh, would be then allowed to go back into the, the general population of society. So when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, the implication of that is that as they're going, they would be healed. Sometimes we want to tell God how it needs to happen in our lives, but God has a plan, and we need to trust his plan. And sometimes his plan, he tells us to go do something that maybe we think we're not ready to do yet. But we need to listen. We need to listen to what he tells us to go and do. We need to be obedient and faithful and watch God work. What happened to them in verse 14 as they went? It tells us, and as they went, they were cleansed. If we will take the steps that God asks us to take, then we can experience his cleansing. Then we can experience his work. God cannot lead us when we are standing still. Just can't do it. We have to be moving. We have to take steps. We have to follow. We have to be obedient. And if we do that, God will do his work. We'll be cleansed. We'll be provided for. All these things will happen if we'll walk in God's way. Well, I'm going to pause for a second. I want to ask you, grab that cup of coffee. I'm going to take a little swallow here myself, ask you to join me, a little fellowship, 
your coffee, your tea, whatever you might be drinking this morning. Let's just pause for a moment for a little drink. I hope your coffee was good. That helped mine a little bit, helped my throat just a little bit. So, back into the text. What they were told to do, they went and did. But yet one of them says in verse 15, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. We don't even know that he made it to the priest. We don't know. He may... He, he may have made it to the priest where he may have been pronounced clean and able to enter, re-enter society. But what we do know is that he came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, here's a question I have for us. The question is this. Do we, do we come back and praise God when God does things, when God answers our prayers? You know, right now I'm I'm still praying, trying to round out uh, what is needed for for the trips that are coming up, and so that that is my area of prayer. And uh, in in the midst of creating an, an online giving mechanism, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, it's 501 501c3 uh, approved, so people can give to that. But that is my area of prayer. Uh, and I'm just praising God. I'm praising God for what he's done so far. I'm praising God for what he's going to do yet, looking to what he is going to do yet, trusting him for what he is going to do yet. And uh, But do we come back? I mean, we come into church uh, and there's an opportunity to praise God. Do we take it? Or do we sit on our hands? Do we zip our lips? when, If there's a season, if there's a time to unzip our lips, it's in the praise and the worship of God for all that God has done. One of them, sealing that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. So that's what we need to do. Would we be like this one when we realize the power of what God has done? We realize the significance of the work of our Savior in our lives. Do we praise him? To be utterly filled with praise all the time because of the ongoing grace and goodness of our God demonstrated to us. Now notice, he went further in, not only was he praising God in a loud voice, but it says he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Now we know, we know, again, we talked about this at the top of the broadcast, that uh, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't quite get along so well. Here's Jesus, a Jew, healing a Samaritan. And this man threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Again, another expression of worship. To throw ourselves at times before God, to kneel beside our bed, to kneel beside our couch, to kneel beside our office chair in thanks, to lie down on the floor with worship music and worship God to throw ourselves at Jesus' feet and thank him. He was a Samaritan. But then Jesus asked this question, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And notice what Jesus says. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now here's a question I need to ask. What, where do you need to activate your faith? Is there an area, as, as I think about this, Jesus saying, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I'm thinking about the fact that uh, I've been called to rise and go, and, and we've known about this, uh, heading off to Turkey and then South Sudan and then Israel uh, over between now and, and May, some of those things happening. I, it's go, I'm going in faith, uh, trusting God. Uh, it's not in my budget to do that, uh, and uh, but yet I'm trying to be obedient and follow, uh, and, and beginning to see some folks say, "Hey, we we want to be a part of that God working through people." But where where do where do you need faith? Where do you need your faith to make you well? What is your circumstance where God is asking you to to take a step and trust Him and see what He will do? Now I have noted over in the uh, in the comments section a prayer that, that, that Don saying I need silent prayers. Well, my prayers won't be silent, my friend. Uh, my prayers will be spoken to God. And Lord, I pray right now for our brother Don. You know his circumstance. You know his difficulty. You know his dilemma. You know his need. You know all these things. And Lord, it is our prayer that you would come through in Don's behalf. We lift our brother to you. You know what's on his heart. You know what's on his mind. And Father, we come to you like the lepers came to you, asking for your pity, asking for your mercy, asking for your grace, asking for your hand to be at work. Lord, would you show yourself in Don's situation? That is our prayer this morning for our dear brother. <clears throat> Verse 19, it said this. It said, your faith has made you well. It wasn't only an, an issue of removing the leprosy, but it was actually an issue of making him well. Well in soul, well in mind, well in culture, acceptable in culture, again, uh, these things all being true. What will God do in your life? Where do you need him to show up? Well, I thought about pressing on into uh, verses 20 and following, but I'm going to stop where I, where, where I, uh, I'm not going to go further in the text this morning. As you can hear, I'm uh, struggling a little bit to have voice enough and uh, just this, the way this congestion is affecting me. But I want to encourage you today, trust him today, take the steps of faith he is calling you to take. Today, allow him to make you well, whether it's physical wellness, emotional wellness, mental wellness. Lord, for those in need of financial wellness or physical wellness or emotional wellness or relational wellness uh, or mental wellness, whatever the need, Lord, 
We pray that you would show yourself merciful and kind to those who turn their hearts to you in faith and who turn their hearts to you in worship this morning. Lord, we look to you. You tell us in the book of Hebrews to come to you with boldness, to come to the throne of grace with boldness. You invite us to come confidently before you that we might find mercy and uh, find grace to help in our time of need. So, Lord, we come to you today. May we be able to share stories even this coming week of ways that you showed up in our lives. We look to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everyone. I will see you tomorrow.